welcome to That's a Chunky. This is Kevin. I was lucky to interview Kristen Studdard, one of the three judges from the Baby of the Year sketch. Here is that interview. This is uh, pretty <laughs> post-apocalyptic to just have my robotic past self uh, still in the room. Um, but I'll, yes. just, I'll just barrel through. Let's so, do it. Uh, yeah, I was... Uh, the way that I was cast is that I auditioned. I, uh, yeah, I, there was no special treatment uh, for me. Uh, I, I wasn't plucked out of obscurity or anything like that. I just went into the casting office and read the sides. The thing about doing that sketch, though, is that I did not expect that it was going to be as popular as it was. Like, I knew it was funny, and I know Tim and Sam from Chicago, and... um and I was really excited to like do something. I was really excited that Tim got his own show. I think that is just amazing. But like when we were doing it, there was no telling that it was going to be so popular among like comedy fans, you know, like you could tell it was very funny and the sketch was sure. so absurd and weird. And I remember taking pictures like on the, on set that day being like, well, you know, at least I'll have a picture of Bart Harley Jarvis someday, <laughs> you know, to look back on. Because, uh, I mean, and again, it was like a web series, essentially, like the contract seemed like it was going to be just like a web series. And so who knew uh, if it was going to go, how well everything was going to be. The cool, another cool part about this episode or about this sketch is that it was directed by Akiva from the Lonely Island. So that was very cool. Um but yeah, it was like they were hustling to get all the sketches made, you know, and like they were doing two. And I think Sam told me he was leaving. They had to go to a second location. I think they were shooting maybe the like um, the like Terminator from the future, the yes. skeleton from the future <laughs> sketch. I think they were shooting that later that day, like we wrapped like midway through the day and they were like, all right, second location, let's go. So, um, yeah, wow. it was yeah, it was very cool though. And there were a ton of babies um on set. There were doubles of every baby. Oh. Um, their little costumes in case they started freaking out or doing the wrong thing. They always I've been on set with babies before. They always have at least two of each type of baby that they're looking for <laughs> a little movie magic. Um so yeah. You have this uh amazing line. Um which, by the way, you you nail. And um, I, I just wonder, did you have more lines perhaps that were cut? Uh, I did. I did. There, I can't remember if it was me or someone else. There was a part of the sketch that got cut, I think, so that it would be evergreen, where we all the judges are going on about how we've been sequestered and we've had no news and no contact with the outside world. And I can't remember if it was my line or the other woman in the sketch. But one of us says... Uh, yeah, I just found out that my husband just told me that Prince died. And then the other one of us is like, Prince is dead. And I think that I think it might be me who learns that Prince is dead because I think that they used one of the reaction shots where I look like really upset. Um, and it looks pretty out of context. <laughs> in sketch, yes. but, um, but I think that that was me reacting to the news of Prince's death, if I recall correctly. So it's oh, yeah. dark. And you, yeah. I mean, I, I just am putting myself in, in your shoes during the sketch. I'm assuming um, Sam is just doing all types of ridiculous stuff 
um, to which you can't break while he's being ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, Sam is so funny, and he sang that song live on stage, which was neat. That wasn't like amazing that I'm aware of, um, because he was singing it live. Like there, they play the track, and he would sing that. It was very funny because the words are so ridiculous, and I think that um, at points, you know, he was trying to remember, I like, are they chubby? Are they bummy? Like all all of the (laughs) words or whatever, and it was very funny to watch him screw those lyrics up and then be hilarious in the way that he was doing it. Um, yeah, it, he's, he's just a truly funny and wonderful, uh, wonderful dude. And it was one of those things where I didn't know that he was in the sketch until I got the call sheet the night before. And I was like, Oh good. I'll know someone, um, like on, on the set. I, Cause I thought when I read the sketch that it would be Tim playing the host. Oh, I knew it was his show, so I thought he would be playing the host. But is he even in that sketch? He's not. And and he's in almost every... I think there's like five or six in both seasons combined that he's not in. So Yeah, he's not in the one with Vanessa and the brunch women. Yep. And then he's not in the Baby of the Year one. And then I, I can't remember much... I I really was not expecting that this show was going to I knew it was funny but like I said it is to become a meme was very surprising to me um that's been very fun to get like tagged in weird you know I've yes. learned a lot about uh internet subcultures that are you know <laughs> tagged <laughs> me in their uh in their universe um you know saying if this doesn't happen they'll kill themselves on live TV um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I really was not, I just, I wasn't, ex- I was so pleasantly and happily surprised by how successful it was and how people really responded. It was very cool. Yeah. I mean, to be totally frank, when we started doing this podcast, we didn't expect it either. And there were weeks where not many people listened. Um, and it's, I, I think I think it's just one of these things where everybody who watches the show likes it and anyone who doesn't like the show probably hasn't seen it. Yeah, um, there are some people I think who just they like their comedy to be right on the nose. Like they do not like a soft ending or a weird twist or whatever. And they just, you know, not. I'm basically talking about uncool squares who don't get yes. comedy. Yes. Um, so, you know, if if you either you like this show or you're an uncool square. I said it yeah. and, uh, and I mean it. We call them vinodes on our show. Um just this we have one friend who doesn't he doesn't really understand comedy and I, I won't bore you with him. Um but yeah, the listeners will know. Um do you know who the mystery judge was? No, I'm trying to remember even that part of filming that day. I think it, I think it might've just been a PA like behind the, the scrim. I cannot remember. Was it, I mean, Tim was on set that day, but I, a a big mystery about this. Yeah. I, you know, and that's very funny. I haven't thought about (laughs) it. I do not know who was, I mean, I'm like, trying to even think about it that day because it was all set up pretty much exactly like you see it on um like in the show it's like we were in the audience on a judge's like panel 
like table. There was a stage in an auditorium. There were babies on the stage. <laughs> Sam was singing on the stage. It was set up all that way. Um, and then to the side was the, because what's it called, like the mystery judge booth or whatever. Yeah, that was yeah. just off to the side. I don't, yeah, I can't remember. I don't know who it was. I don't think it's anybody that exciting, but <laughs> I'm like, God. We always, from past experience, like a lot of those roles, uh, like I think Zach got sort of roped into, like Zach is in the chunky costume. We know that. Oh, um, so uh, that was always my my curiosity. Um, and I then there's because I did not know him. Also, I do not know him. I've never mm. met him that I'm aware of. Uh, and so <laughs> it could have been him. And I really wouldn't have known it. back Right. Then. And and this is uh, what's interesting about this sketch is there's an actual audience. And I'm assuming those were extras. They were. Those were extras. I ran into someone who was playing an extra in the audience who had played my husband as an extra in an in an unaired pilot. (laughs) (laughs) I had like three lines in an unaired pilot spinoff of the middle. This is trivia here. No, we like we like this stuff. But like I can't even remember this guy's name, but I was in a, I had three lines in a pilot of a spinoff of the middle. The show was called Susu and the city. I guess it was the daughter on the middle was getting her own show. And I played a guest at a hotel who had like a sleeping child over my shoulder and my good for nothing husband. Who's like (laughs) a big dope. And I'm, saying I don't even remember what the lines were but I'm like upset about something and I'm trying to keep the quiet the child quiet and like my dumb husband uh quiet as well you know some classic uh yes classic comedy happening but he played my husband he was an extra like they had he he was like a background actor who um was they were like all right you look approximately the right height bring her you're gonna be her husband you're gonna stand next to her when she makes this face at you you make a different face um and then he was one of the, um, and I had shot that probably a month before um, we did, I think you should leave. And he was in the audience. He was a background actor in the audience. He's like, hey, do you remember me? I was your <laughs> husband. So um, yeah, that was pretty neat. I also wound up like a year later shooting a TJ Maxx commercial that was directed by Alice uh, Mathias who is like the other director on, I think you should leave, but she did not direct the episode I was in, Uh, but she is like a great, she's a great and nice uh, director as well. And we, you know, uh, she was really kind and fun to work with and kind of let me do what I wanted to do, which was fun. Um, Trying to think if there's any other, Oh, Tim got me my first meeting in LA. That's (laughs) amazing. is a nice th- I barely know Tim Robinson. He is a kind, nice person who's on the on the Chicago comedy scene. And I was doing my solo show. I I had a solo show. I think the one I was doing at that time was called It Could Be Worse. Everything's great and I can't stop crying. And I did it at the San Francisco Sketchfest. And an exec from Comedy Central had seen it and he was developing a show with Tim at that time. I think it was like 
there was this other group, Cook County Social, was it Cook County Social Club that was doing a, they were developing a show. And then I think Tim and Mark Rotterman, they, they, the two of them, I think might've been developing a show, whatever. Tim was developing a show with Comedy Central. And one of the execs was like, hey, I saw this girl, Kristen Studdard's uh, show at San Francisco Sketchfest. What do you think of her? I, I know she's from Chicago. And he just was like, Kristen's great. You'll love her. You should totally bring her in for a meeting. And so he got me. Wow. And just, and like I say, barely knows me. Like we are not, we don't have each other's phone numbers. He is like, I would say we are acquaintances. We would say hello to each other at parties and things like that. But uh, so it was like super kind of him. He didn't have to kind of give me that leg up and he did. And then I went and had the meeting with Comedy Central. And of course it was before I knew anything about Hollywood or anything. And <laughs> I didn't realize that a general meeting is just kind of how executives fill their day. Um, <laughs> but I came, you know, with my Chicago sketch comedy experience uh, ready to take on the world. So yes, I will always uh, say that. So he gave me a really great, you know, like uh, leg up. Yeah. You know, eight years ago and then he you know i got to be in what you and i think it's vulture have both said is the best i think vulture rated it uh the baby sketch i I think so there's this uh fairly prominent um sort of like morning show host in boston and i usually say that term with like some derision but this guy is actually funny um and he's waging a big campaign that focus group with ruben rabasa is definitely better than baby of the year. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, for me, I actually have some conflict. I mean, we, we really love the show, so I could watch either sketch on repeat for like 24 hours a day. Um, but yeah, I, I believe Vulture had the same thing. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think this, I think, I think you should leave is just hitting uh, a spot for people who kind of thought they didn't like sketch comedy. Um, and it's just so rewatchable. You could just watch it over and over. It is not topical at all. No. It is, it's all evergreen. All of yep. the material la- is, you know, that's what that means. <laughs> that it yes. just means it's always going to be funny. And it doesn't require you to be living in the moment that it was made in to enjoy it. And yeah. And I think that that is one of its greatest strengths. And, you know, it's really weird. And we love to watch just unrepentant assholes, just <laughs> being dicks, you know? Yeah. And, and like, I mean, I'm sure you've all watched Detroiters then, yeah? We, we have. We're fans. Of, of yes. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, well, because I think of it as, like, I think you should leave. Like, Detroiters to me is so, so so good and so funny and so sweet. So sweet. Yeah. Love them. And I'm so happy that I, that they got to make that show. And I'm so mad that it didn't get more like roses while it was on. Yeah. Uh, but I think of that as kind of the, like, you know, that's like the sweeter version of, I think you should leave. I think you're you right. It is like the kind of harder edge more, you know, the, there's more assholes in, I think you should leave. And, you know, there's more hijinks in, you know, it's like two goofballs goofing around, having their hijinks, being dumb, dumb idiots in Detroit, (laughs) you know, and then on, I think you should leave. It's like people just doing the worst things and everyone around them kind of having to deal with it. 
Well, my my co-host has sort of developed this theory that I think you should leave. The important premise is that um, somebody does something wrong and is given multiple chances to sort of back away or stop, but they just double down, triple down, and just keep going. And um, yeah, it's I, I just am impressed about how many ways like Tim has found to make this premise work. I don't, I don't know. Have you been able to watch season two at all? I have seen the first two episodes. Okay. I think I I think I've just finished the second episode. I've been watching it kind of a sketch at a time when I get a moment, you know, sure. I just saw the one where it's, I had seen the one with the shirt warehouse. Uh, <laughs> where he's at the uh in the meeting and then then the shirt yeah dan flashes the shirt warehouse place i saw that one and i'm trying to remember i i'm gonna work my way through it i'm trying not to just binge it you know but i also you know i watched the first season i think i've watched it maybe twice and i know that that is a very low view count for most people (laughs) uh but it is also one of those shows it's like when you've been in a show not that like i'm i'm only in the one sketch in the first episode but um it, you know it's like being a fan it's <laughs> it's like i'm it's a different. big fan of the show i was in you know and i am a big fan of it i think it's so good and so funny but like i can't sit around i i guess if i skip the first episode but the first episode's so good it is. It is. To rewatch myself, I guess, is what I'm saying. I'm. I'm. Yes, I understand that. I'm actually having, you know, um, my initial experience with the first season was like I watched it and I was like, oh yeah, that was funny. And then I just found like a week later, I was like, I kind of want to watch a few of these sketches again. And the ones I was watching to get to those sketches started like growing on me, mm-hmm. and uh, I. I I've sort of been tight with time since the show came out, even though I have managed to like sort of quickly watch it all. And I'm, I'm having the same sort of like urges already of like, I need to see that sketch again. And yeah, I just yeah. saw one about, I used to be a real piece of shit. That's the one I just, <laughs> I just finished that one with Katie. Fulham. Yeah. Uh, That's having it- some, some big like um, meme stuff is already happening with that. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. What's the breakout sketches of this? Actually, I'm like, do I want to know? Because I'm only. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um. Yeah, it's a good question. I think the corn cob TV, which you may have seen. Yeah, I've seen yeah. that. I think funny. that's pretty funny. Um. Yeah, and I just know like there's this very active subreddit of like super fans, and some guy has offered to pay a hundred dollars to someone who goes to a restaurant and eats sloppy steaks and oh, like sloppy steaks. Yeah. yeah that's gonna be a big thing i think oh um, yeah what's that nights what are they called nights <laughs> I can't, uh, yeah like some kind of nights magic <sighs> nights something like that i'm a little my my notes aren't as good i have to ask you i'm a um long time hip hop fan and a, a key um moment in my hip hop life was LL Cool J's I'm gonna knock you out. Um, which I believe is a favorite of Ricky Burbank. Ricky Burbank, yeah. I love Ricky Burbank loves Homicide Knock You Out. Yeah. Oh man, Ricky. That's my drag alter ego. His name is Ricky Burbank. I 
performed as him in um, UCB Drag Race out here. There was like a our own like comedy drag race. Then the year that I was in it, it was quote unquote bad drag race. I made it to the finals, baby. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was very fun. I love I Ricky is out there. He's still there's plans for Ricky. He's in these streets. He's going to be he can't be held down. Pandemic might have tried to keep him out, but <laughs> he'll be back. He will be absolutely back. I thought you were going to say I have a podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You do. Unfortunately, yes. And it's called <laughs> called Who Cares About the Rock Hall and we talk about my co-host is very invested in the Rock Hall. He he's also a comedian Joe Quazala. Um uh, and, but he like loves and cares deeply about the rock hall and I don't care about it at all. I think it's a very, uh, white patriarchal institution that Definitely. is the opposite of rock and roll. Um, and I'm right. But at the same yes. time, I now have spent three years of my life talking about people who should and shouldn't and who's going to get in and blah, blah, blah. And LL Cool J is getting into the rock and roll hall of fame this year. No brainer. They, they well, he's been nominated six times. They have been trying to oh get him in God. many years. And this year, they this is so stupid. I really hate no, that. I, I, I want to know. Well, he wasn't um, put in the regular way. Like Jay-Z got in this year. First year eligible. Obviously, he's like one of the greats. But like he got in first year eligible, first ballot, first time he got voted in. LL Cool J, this, this was his sixth ballot. He did not get voted in. They're mm. putting him in in a special category called musical excellence so that they can just get him in because they're going to have to start inducting more rappers as time goes on. And the more new rappers that they put in, the more egregious it is that like LL Cool J is not in the rock hall. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I was like, is he going to really talk to you about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? No, it turns <laughs> out I'm going to talk to him about the Rock and Roll Hall no, of Fame. No, I, I love it. And if you ever want a treat, there's this weird YouTube video of, I believe, a 16-year-old LL Cool J performing at Colby College in Waterville, Maine. It's it's bizarre. And he's super good. Um, oh, great. Hold on. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll look it up and I'll send it to Joe. There's a really good um, Biggie got in last year and they used some um, footage in like the package about him. Uh, they used this footage of him, literally a teenager, like 12 or 13 years old on the streets, freestyling yeah. in, in New York, in Brooklyn. In, the 80s, in Brooklyn. And it is one of the most magnificent pieces of footage I've ever seen. It's like, even if you don't like rap, you see that. And it's like, the skill is undeniable. This man is a legend. He was an icon, like, obviously. And so he got in right away as well. My man, LL, couldn't do it. Uh, God. It's really hard for him. It's, really it's because they don't like his acting, perhaps. I think it's because he's become a cultural figure rather than um, a rapper anymore. I think because right. he doesn't rap anymore, but he is still around. They see him as lip sync battle guy. I think people think he's an actor. He's more of like a um, like a pop culture name than like yes. a musician, I think, to a lot of people. And I think that works to his detriment. And that's my thoughts on LL Cool J. <laughs> Tune in <laughs> the Rock Hall for more. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do one of the worst segues ever. Um, I I just always have to ask this because I'm imagining that sometimes you get recognized and people say hilarious things to you or maybe things that are annoying if you hear it more than once. Does that 
Um, from I think you should leave, I don't know if I, I've been recognized by my friends or people who are like, <laughs> com recognized by my friends, like comedy adjacent people who are like, you know, I was at a 4th of July party with a lot of UCB people that I don't know, but who were like, um, so we're like, you know, a degree away from each other. And they were like, hey, I still loved you on I think you should leave. <laughs> But I did, you know, I more or less, the thing that happens to me is I get mistaken for Kristen Schaal. Um, oh. Pretty, not regularly. It used to happen more. Um, but I did once, I was actually like literally on a date and someone came over to our table and was like, hey, um, so you're not that girl from Bob's Burgers, are you? Which is weird because also you don't even see Kristen Schaal right. on Bob's burgers and i was like that is not me but it looked like i had paid someone to come over and like act like <laughs> I, was, I had said to this guy i was like oh yeah sometimes people do mistake me for kristen shawl and he's like oh i don't know if i see it and then literally two hours later this happened um yeah i'm like does anybody say yeah i was on a commercial for a while that people would recognize me from occasionally i once got recognized at a um like at a drag show in Chicago because my commercial would air a lot during a uh, drag race on, um, it was on VH1 at the time, I think, on RuPaul's Drag Race. They would show my commercial a lot and I would know because all my gay friends would start texting me and be like, oh my God, just saw your commercial. I was like riding a unicorn in an icebreakers commercial or whatever. Okay. And I, rem I was literally at a drag brunch in Chicago home visiting some people when my friend clocked over my shoulder, these guys pulling up their phones and Googling like icebreakers unicorn and pulling up a picture of me and like showing it to each other and then checking to see that it really was me. So that's amazing. I guess that's the closest I've come to being recognized and I am very fine by that. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that's a good thing. Um, and yeah, I just, you know, you've answered so many of the questions I had. I, I'm curious just, you know, what you want to plug um, where fans from the show can check you out outside of a rock and roll Hall of Fame yeah, podcast. Oh <laughs> yeah. I mean, do or don't check that out. It is at your own discretion. I think it's a fun, it's a fun conversation about music and we've had some really cool and interesting guests. Um, and we're about to have a really big, cool one that I can't say who it is, but we're recording oh. with them tomorrow. And I just found out. And maybe after we're done recording, I'll tell just you. But, that would be great. Um, but we've had some interesting, cool guests on the show. And I really do like doing it, even though I don't like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's a fun frame <laughs> to hang out with my friend and to talk to cool, interesting people. And what do you know? Now I know too much about it. Um, yeah, you can find me at my my website is hellokristen.com. And you can sign up for my newsletter. And that's where I say where I'm doing shows and things like that and putting out videos and content is the word I'm looking <laughs> for. Content? Ew. Yes. Um, but yeah, and then I'm, I'm at KStud on uh, Twitter and Instagram. I am not very active on Twitter much to the detriment of my career. Uh, oh, no, no. I feel like that's just one of the places you got to try to be if you're having a comedy career out here. And I just, I can't bring myself to um, to, to that level of misery. I can't do it. Uh, but I am on Instagram sometimes, talking about things, posting stuff, uh, you know, hiking up mountains and things like that. And I, yeah. Yeah, that's where you can find me. Hello, awesome. Kristen. Not case stud. <laughs>
Well, thank you so much. And, and we'll stay on uh, so I can hear. I definitely need to know about the special okay. guests. But um, thank you, Kristen. Activated lights I don't want satellite radio I don't want extra cup holders All I want is a good steering wheel That doesn't fly up when I'm driving You have no good car ideas You have to marry your mother-in-law You have no good car ideas You have to marry your mother-in-law